fantasy in the house, yo. Let me tell you how we do things around here. Here, get to the top. Hold a little fantasy, please take a swash. Fantasy tactics, tips have to be hot. Listen to the boss, you'll be winning a lot. Not losing, just cruising. So kick off the balls and let's get choosing. The ultimate fantasy podcast. And it's live. Welcome to the Ultimate Fantasy Podcast, your one-stop shop for all things fantasy. I am Alfie, your host, football enthusiast, draft fantasy champion, commissioner, and a man who is still struggling with a hangover from Friday. In the studio with me is beer expert, the man with the beard and the stats, a man who will not let on how secretly panicked he is about both his fantasy teams. It's Nathan Taylor. Hello, Nathan. Hi, Alfie. <laughs> You're right. And lurking in the prominent background again, like a one-man Peruvian panpipe band in Leeds City Centre, is the totally Ariba secret journalist. Hi, Phil. You make me sound all exotic. <laughs> I'm not. Well, shopping in Leeds is exotic sometimes. So it is these days, yeah. And you should see all of the variety of... I mean, we, we've um, got pound shops. Um, there's a Tesco. We've got a Tesco now. We've got a Tesco. That's right. good. Have you got Tesco Metro? Um, oh, I couldn't. I couldn't like confirm whether it's a metro or not. It might. It probably will be. It's in the city centre, which is that. I mean, that is really exotic. I mean, keep on dreaming, mate. You'll get there. Yeah, they've got uh, sushi in there. <laughs> <laughs> so, as much as I love to talk about sushi, uh, yeah. let's talk about the what's coming up on today's show. So, part one with a full game week three review with a look at FPL draft and fan tracks. Part two is the secret journalist here be answering your questions on the treatment table and Paris Baron from SaveThePunter.com. We'll be calling in to offer some excellent statistical insight into how fixtures may turn out. And that's a world exclusive and definitely worth a listen. Part three, we'll look ahead to game week four with some insight from FBL content creator, FBL Nymphra, which leads nicely on to the short segment in which we reveal the changes we made to our podcast, FBL team, for this game week and why. And part four, we'll have the answer to the quiz question I'm about to ask and the clean sheet forecasts. And also, the, why we're all here, Nathan will be recommending a beer. Best bit of the, the programme. Best, it is best a best bit, bit of the programme. It is, it is. Um, so let's do the quick quiz question before we do the roundup. Uh, lads, uh, this weekend was the first time two English players aged 21 or under have scored in a Premier League match for Chelsea since the 22nd of August 1992, and that was against Sheffield Wednesday. But who were those two goal scorers? So the first time two English players aged 21 or under have scored in a Premier League match for Chelsea since August 22nd, 1992. Who were those two goal scorers? Tough one, eh? Mm. Yeah. Is that pre-Premier League? Uh, no, no that's the year of the first, Premier League. First Premier League. First, first season, mm. yeah. Yeah, exciting times. Right, let's do the Game Week 3 roundup. Liverpool play Monlonson footballers that are quick to reaffirm to Gunners fans just where their place is on the football ladder. The Eagles pick apart their prey at Old Trafford with PVA and his teammates proving to be quite the sticky opponents for Solskjaer's lost lambs. Meanwhile, the other half of Manchester have good fun on the south coast, wasting no time in lacing the cherries with silver. Watford are stung again, but this time at home to West Ham. Brighton's version of Barcelona, a no match for a Redmond-inspired Southampton. Aston Villa pick up their first win of the season. Wolves and Burnley draw. Steve Bruce is the greatest Newcastle manager ever as he inspired Spires his magpies to pick the pockets of Spurs at Spurs. Leicester quietly do their bidding, putting the blades to the sword. And Tammy scores too, giving Frank Lampard's Frank Lampard his first win for Frank Lampard's Chelsea. 
Three clean sheets this week. Yes, three. Only three. Aston Villa, Southampton, Newcastle. Uh, assist Kings was David Silva with two. Assisting defenders, George Bulldog, Sorinchu, Aspelacueta, and TAA. Uh, goal Kings with two each. Salah, Hala, Tammy, and Aguero. Goal scoring defenders, PVA and Matip. Penalty misses Rashford. Uh, there were no own goals. There was a red card, and that was Andone. This week's top performing players uh, across FPL and draft are Salah, Tammy Ibrahim, uh, Hala and Aguero. But for fan tracks, a bit different. Hala, Aguero and Salah. Huh. Uh, some stats for you now. Uh, there were five away wins in the Premier League uh, this Saturday. Pretty decent. Uh, another stat, Nicolas Pepe has become the first player to successfully dribble past Virgil van Dijk in 50 Premier League appearances. Uh, the last player to do so was Mikel Marino. And then he tripped over the ball at the end of going past van Dijk, though, which yeah, is quite funny. That doesn't make a good stat, does it? No. And another stat for you, Trent Alexander-Arnold has assisted nine goals in his last 10 appearances at Anfield for Liverpool. That's in all competitions. And that includes assisting in each of his last five competitive home games. And yet there are still people out there who are trading them out of their team. Absolute madness. <laughs> uh, notable players. Uh, this week's top performing players in full FPL draft. Goalkeepers were Gunn, Heaton, Dubravka. Uh, defenders PVA, Vestergaard, Matip and Engels. Midfield Salah, De Silva, Redmond and forward Tammy, Hala, Aguero. Nathan, Fantrax reads a bit differently, doesn't it? Yeah, Fantrack's uh, top goalkeepers are Ben Foster hmm. and Angus Gunn, both on 14. Foster replaces Heaton. Depravka at um, 13.25. Defenders are Emerson, Matip, and my favourite, Sionchu. Mm-hmm. Buzz uh, you. Midfielders, Silva um, of the David variety, Nathan Redman and Ross Barkley. And then the forwards are Sebastian Allaire, Aguero and Salah. So Allah outscoring Salah. Interesting. I'm not sure quite how that works, but it does, apparently. Um, other notable players, Bournemouth players, I noticed, uh, they're still scoring. Uh, they still scored well, despite getting done by City. Um, Phil, did you notice any players this week? Um, Tammy had a good week. He did, didn't he? Yeah. Tammy had a good week, yeah. I... Um... I think he's uh, I, up until now. He's not been a hundred percent sure about who Chelsea were definitely going to pick up from, but I think he's definitely pushed himself to the front of the queue now. Um, yeah, it was only Norwich, and they're not that great at the back. But um, <laughs> no, he's had a good week. Cont- uh, controversial Nathan. thing not to get on the Norwich bandwagon. Yeah, I, um, and obviously Nathan Redmond as well, as you've already mentioned, is um, he's, he's come to the party. Yeah. He's he's arrived. He's finally arrived. Yeah. Pep's words yeah. have finally tingled yeah, around. Four ears. seasons late. He's finally <laughs> uh, I also noticed that all the big new striker signings scored, didn't they? Ella, Jolington, Wesley. All got their first calls for the club. Mm. Nate, who did you recognise? Um, the couple that I've picked out are two players that, whilst they didn't have their biggest game weeks in total this week, they're still picking up a lot of points consistently every week. First one's Ashley Barnes that stands out. Set another seven points this week. He's now got 25 overall, 6.6 million, and looks like he's in really good form at the moment. A quite unfashionable player, but um, someone that I'd get involved with. Only 9% of teams still have him. 
Mm. And the other one's John McGinn in midfield for Aston Villa. Again, six points. So not his biggest haul this season. But he's now on 15 points. He's only 6.4% of teams and he's 5.6 million. So a good bargain option in midfield. Yeah, and he uh, he's a busy player. Isn't yeah, he? busy player. Okay, good. Uh, let's look at the dream team for the FPL. The eleven top performing players: Rash, uh, Ashley Gunn. I was going to say Angus Gunn. Angus Gunn and goal on the defence. You have PVA, Engels, and Vestergaard midfield. Salah, Redmond, De Silva, Noble. <laughs> uh, up front: Tammy, Ala, and Aguero. Um, our team FPL results. We did all right, lads. We did yeah. all right. Seventy points. We correctly. Captain Salah, that was the right decision. Well done, Phil. Yeah, yeah, that was uh, bald of me. Just <laughs> <laughs> um, so, so last week we traded out Zaha uh, in for Sabeos. Sabeos only brought us back two points, but Zaha only got one point, so we were 100% up. Did he? He looked quite threatening against Man United as yeah, well. He did bring in the points. One point, yeah. mm, uh, which means now, lads, our ranking... Are you getting excited? Because we've gone from 3,097,901 to 1,010,358. That's a massive leap. Yeah. Read Excellent it week. Work. Yeah. <laughs> Phil, contain yourself. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I'm uh, in your face, all those people in the two millions. Yeah. Mm-hmm. We're in the top tier now. Oh, living the dream. Uh, we will, of course, be discussing our changes for game week four and part three. So stay tuned for that. Um, the highest scoring FPL manager for game week three. Congratulations, Luke Story, whose team name is Change Name. <laughs> taking <laughs> it seriously. Yeah, taking it seriously. 107 points. So he triple cap- captain Salah. His midfield three of Salah, Sterling and Almiron. Up top, he had Jimenez and Aguero. Listen to his defence. His defence was Lascelles, Schur, PVA and Kelly. <laughs> now, I don't know you, but that is a rubbish defence. Yeah. That yeah is... I, I'm looking, I, I've got it right up in front of me now and looking at it. He, clearly, from all of the evidence of the, his kit that he's chosen and the fan league that he's in, he's a Newcastle fan. Now, oh, really? <laughs> no one no one but a diehard Newcastle fan was picking that defence away at Tottenham. No, no one. I don't think anyone in the whole world did. So, just yet another example of either a madman or a genius. But uh, he also doesn't, I've noticed, doesn't have any capital letters in his name, so maybe it's just the former. <laughs> anyway, congratulations, Luke Story. Uh, the top FPL manager overall. A big shout out to Medhat Shorky, who, believe it or not, from Egypt, again, <laughs> is top with 275 points. Egypt. What is it? What are they putting in the water over there, man? I mean, that's crazy. His team name, by the way, is in Arabic. Uh, but I hope it's a good one, Med Hat. So well done. Uh, yeah, and let's now move on to Draft Fantasy. Um, I'll join the fa- Draft Fantasy head-to-head league. Hey, guys, I won, didn't I? I won. Yeah, and that was yeah. despite leaving Redmond and Wesley on the bench, eked out result by utilising basically Conte points and assists. Mm-hmm. And in fact, I only got one goal, and that was from Vardy. Uh, Phil, rather <laughs> poor turnout for your team. 28 yeah. points. Uh to be fair, you would have won if it wasn't for a certain Mo Salah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, you know, it's better to have a, a one-man team than a non-man team, which I <laughs> appear to have at the moment. <laughs> going right. Nath, you also lost, and you lost the exact same scoreline Phil did, 28 to 36. 
But I think it was more of a Matip header and the fact that the wrong player set, set up that Arsenal goal that undid you. Yeah, and I think I'm very reliant on kind of future-proofing my team with Vertonghen, who I still believe is going to get back in the Spurs team, and John Stones sat there collecting zero points at the moment. <coughs> careful, yeah. mate, careful. I, I did that the I'm whole of last hill. season with Ben Mendy. Yeah. <laughs> Played with 14 players. Yeah, it's dominant. Ben, ben Mendy couldn't walk for most of last <laughs> season. <laughs> he certainly could tweet, though. Yeah. Uh, game week four head head fixtures. Did you know you guys are up against each other? Yes, I did know that. It's the pod derby mark two. This is the less glamorous tie. I'm not going to lie. <laughs> <laughs> We're still both above you in the league, though. Uh, yeah, for now. So what do we call this? The, the is this like the sidekick derby? Sidekick derby. <laughs> I think. What when would this be on TV? It'd probably be on a Monday. night. This would be Monday night football, wouldn't it? This one. Yeah. L sidekick echo. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so that was game week three. What do we learn from game week three? I learned that Harvey Barnes listens to the podcast and scored that amazing goal to spite me. <laughs> uh, Phil, what did you learn? Um, that uh, I need to think a little bit harder about my clean sheet prediction. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, would, how many did you pick last? Was it nine? Nine? Um, yeah, something like that. And, eight, and I'm pretty, I'm pretty sure the ones I didn't pick were the ones who did get clean sheet. Yeah, it was unusual to be fair with Newcastle, Villa, Southampton. Uh, Nathan, what do you learn? I learned it's been quite a weird season so far already. It's the first time in over a hundred years that nineteen teams in the top league have already got three points after three games. So points have been dished out willy-nilly at the moment. A classic example of that at the moment is Wolves, who have yet to win a game, but they're also yet to lose one, so they're sat there on three points. The thing that I noticed about them is, despite the fact they haven't won this season, they've got a couple of good performing players in there. Rui Patricio in goal, 5 million, 18 points, obviously helped by that Pogba penalty save. And then Willy Bolly as well on 15 points at the moment, only 5 million. In defence, the other one is Ad- Adama Traore. Yeah. It's been come on and played at right wing back in the last couple of games. It looks very impressive, no, you, you, but just be it careful is with that. Adama Traore. So. <laughs> I had him all. I had him for large parts of last season. Mm. Very frustrating. Yeah. Imagine being his actual real life manager. Just thinking, I've got this absolute beast here. I just, how do you unlock it? <laughs> I was thinking, like you, as any opposition fullback, when they see him warming up on the touchline, will be bricking themselves. And then when he comes on and he makes his first run and slices his cross into the stand, you're like, "Oh no, we're all right." <laughs> the uh, other, oh, the other thing that's bad news for me, particularly because I've got Jimenez in my team, is that he obviously took and scored his penalty this week. It means he's not on penalties next time because he rotates with Ruben Neves. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, this is my time to shine. <laughs> yeah. Okay, right. That's the end of uh, game week three review and also the end of game week, not game week one, part one, as we call it in the industry. But don't go anywhere because we've got part two coming up. And in part two, we'll have the treatment table. Yes. And Paris Barron from SaveThePunter.com will be joining me. I spoke to him earlier on the phone uh, who has some excellent statistical insight into how fixtures may turn out. So don't go anywhere. Uh, 
Hello, welcome to part two. Yes, uh, earlier on I spoke to Paris Barron from SaveThePunter.com who has um, some real good stuff to say. Have a listen. Paris Barron from SaveThePunter.com. Welcome to the Ultimate Fantasy Podcast. How are you? Very good, Alf. How are you? I'm good. Uh, I've had a good game week last week, so everything's all hunky-dory, as it were. Now, Paris, just for the benefit of our listeners, uh, can you tell us what you do at SaveThePunter.com? Sure. So your listeners could follow us at SaveThePunter on Twitter, where we try and give educational advice to people that like to have a punt at the weekend on football whether it be Premier League or a little bit lower down in the football structure, we just try and give advice to help listeners understand where there might be value on a bet. And I guess do the research so that busy people who work full-time don't need to do it themselves. Yeah, fair enough. Sounds decent to me. Um, Paris, I know you play FPL. Uh, how's your season going so far? I'm still reeling a bit at game week three, to be honest, mate. Um, <laughs> had a little bit of a stinker. I bought Jordan RU in. And then at the last minute, decided that I thought Connor Wickham was going to start ahead of him. Um, so, yeah, Connor Wickham sat with zero points. I also had um, Bedenek from Southampton on my bench who scored points and also Gunn. Um, I'm quite notorious for having strong scoring benches. So I'm towards the <laughs> bottom of all my leagues. And um, to be honest, I'm probably going to listen to your podcast to get a steer on who to bring in this week because I'm not very good at making fantasy transfers. Good. Well, that's what we're here for, man. Um, although there should be some disclaimers. Anyway, uh, game week four, what's it, how is it looking from a betting perspective? Yeah, sure. So last week was a real week of shocks. Obviously, you had Newcastle being Spurs, but Palace turned over United and West Ham and Southampton both got wins against the odds. I'm not so sure there's going to be as many shocks this week, but I did, uh, did have a long look through the fixtures, and one team who I think could get a result that not many people would predict them to would be Spurs away to Arsenal. Mm. I actually think the market has overreacted to their loss to Newcastle. Um, if you look at expected goals, which, if your listeners aren't aware, are a measure of the quality of chances created by the team, Spurs actually should have won that game. Um, and uh, against Villa, they were pretty dominant as well. If you look at Arsenal, um, I think the 3-1 scoreline against Liverpool was probably about right. Against Burnley, Burnley actually created the better chances. And, and even against Newcastle, there wasn't too much in it. Um, so I think if you look at Arsenal's defence, the likes of David Luiz has got a mistake in him, so Socrates. Uh, I don't think that many Arsenal starters really know what a North London derby is about. Hmm. Apart from Xhaka and Monreal, no one in, in the Arsenal starting lineups played more than two seasons for them. Whereas... Um, Spurs are a lot more settled. Uh, if you look at their whole team, pretty much every single player in that start 11 has got at least, at least 100 appearances for Spurs in the Premier League, um, all come through the youth system, probably bar Davison Sanchez. Mm. So are we going all out Spurs this week then? Yeah, I don't think your, uh, your Arsenal supporting listeners are going to be too pleased with me. <laughs> and uh, You know, it's not, it's not the, strongest, the strongest bet I'm ever going to make. Um, so I'd, I'd advise keeping your stakes small, but I do like Spurs at two to one. 
So Spurs to win at two to one, I think would be my bet this week. Perfect. Paris, thank you so much for joining us. Um, have a lovely game week. I hope everything goes well and we'll speak to you again after the international break. Top man. Thanks, Alf. Thanks, Ed Paris. Goodbye. Yeah, that was uh, Paris Barron, SayThePunter.com. If you do want to hear more from him, do check out the links uh, in our episode blurb, as it were. You can go to the website and the Twitter, and definitely worth taking a look at. Uh, Nathan, did you do an accumulator this weekend? I did. It didn't go very well, though. Um, Once I saw the team used for Chelsea and and Gaila Conte was out of the team, I decided to... uh, back Norwich as the first leg of the ACA so it was all over by the time the three o'clock games kicked off could have gone either way though but obviously this is why I don't do it, you see this is why I don't do it how much did you put on only a fiver mm, fiver please bet responsibly guys uh, okay I'll tell you what we're going to do now we are going to do the treatment table and with it the treatment table jingle This week's question comes from Tony Head Shoulders, uh, and they want to know what's happened to Serge Aurier with uh, Kyle Walker Peters out with a hamstring injury. Is it worth drafting him in? Um, I I don't think Pochettino likes him, does he? Um, No. He's he he wasn't cheap when they brought him in, but I I suspect, and he's got he's got lots of ability as Aurier, but I suspect that he's a bit of a mentalist. (laughs) <laughs> and I think that I think Pochettino just maybe you know thinks he's got something about him, but maybe just doesn't trust him enough to actually put him in. Um, I'd be really care- even with Walker Peters injured. I'd be really careful about putting Aurier in. Granted, it, like that he is in theory their only fit right back at the club with um, uh, with Trippier having left in the summer. But I, I, I've got a feeling that he might well put either Eric Dyer or Sissoko there against Arsenal mm. simply because he doesn't trust Aurea. And then when he's fit, Foyth will potentially compete for that spot. Mm. So that's what's happened to Serge. Don't go all Serge. But there's talk about him leaving as well, Aurea. I think that he was linked with Milan and mm. PSG, I think, a couple of clubs. Uh, and their windows obviously are still open until the end of this month. So I, it wouldn't surprise me massively if he ends up leaving. Mm. There you go. That's the end of Treatment Table, and that's the end of part two. Don't forget, you can contact us on Twitter at AlmerFPod if you want to ask for the question. Don't go anywhere, though, because in part three, yes, that's right, we've got the upcoming Game Week fixtures. We'll be listening to the FPL content creator, FPL Nymphra, and we'll be picking our FPL team very briefly, I promise. Welcome to part three. Let's do the upcoming game week fixtures for game week four. On Saturday the 31st of August, we've got Southampton versus Man United, Chelsea against Sheffield United, Crystal Palace against Villa, Leicester against Bournemouth, Man City against Brighton, Newcastle against Watford, West Ham against Norwich, Burnley against Liverpool on the late kickoff. And on Sunday the 1st of September, Everton against Wolves, and then Arsenal against Spurs in what some call the North London Derby. Guys, Phil, any fixtures that catch your eye? What about Watford versus Newcastle? I mean, 
Is this the clash to determine who will be the whipping boys for this season? Um, I, no, I don't think, ne- not necessarily. Um, I mean, Newcastle, as we've discussed already, like they've got a surprising result against Tottenham and they were they were decent, you know. They uh, certainly looked defensively strong against, granted, a, a pretty lacklustre Spurs. But um, I would say... Like Newcastle's defence is better than Watford's, but Watford's attack is better than Newcastle's. So it could be an interesting sort of clash between two potentially well matched sides. I think Watford's defence is, I mean, if you've got Watford defenders, then you probably want to be binning them off pretty quickly because they just look, they look slow and pedestrian and easy to, easy to take apart. Um, no, I don't think they're necessarily going to be the whipping boys, but um, but it'd be very interesting to see what kind of result comes out of that game. Whoever loses it will be very worried. They'd be really depressed, you might say. Yeah, <laughs> they'd be really down. I mean, particularly what I mean, Watford had a by you know by any accounts a, a decent season last year. They, granted, they got whipped in the in the cup final, but um, but they had a, they had a decent season and looked to have finally got a manager who was going to stick around for a little while, but. Something's gone. Something's gone very wrong there. They got taken apart by Brighton in that first game, and have looked completely off the pace since it. Yeah, and their their cup run at the end of last season kind of masked what was a pretty poor end mm, to the do. last season. The f- last few games of last season, they didn't really pick up many points. Gracias, I think, has now lost something like seven in a row in all competitions as well. Mm. The uh, the new lad got a goal, didn't he, in the Carabao Cup last night? Saar scored his first goal. Um, whether he makes a difference for him or not, I don't know. I haven't seen enough of him. No. Mm. Uh, Nathan, Everton Wolves. Yeah, I don't think it's going to be the most exciting game um, of the season so far. From what I've seen of kind of both teams, they're lacking a little going forward this season. Everton's midfield, for a team that spent so much money on number 10s a couple of years back, doesn't look hugely creative um, and don't look like they're going to score a lot of goals, but very tight at the back this weekend aside. Obviously, and then Wolves again look pretty solid. I've brought in Cody in my draft side, so I'm kind of going for a nil-nil with both sides keeping clean sheets. Ooh, interesting. Uh, well, we are going to do the clean sheet fixtures uh, later on in the show. Uh, before we finish off these fixtures, Arsenal Spurs, lads. So this fixture last season was 4-2 to Arsenal. Where do we see this one going, Phil? Um, I think it might be a draw. I think it might be looking at 1-1. Really? Nathan? 1-0 one, one to Arsenal, I think. Oh, dear. That's not mm. good, is it? Two losses in a row for Spurs? Yeah, they need to sort out the Ericsson situation and with players like Aurea as well. They seem to have a few players that don't want to be there anymore or Pochettino doesn't want to be, to be there anymore. I think that's more the case, isn't it? Mm. Trippier was very critical. I don't know if you see any mm. of that kind of stuff that's floating around he was very critical of Pochettino and the atmosphere at the club he was suggesting as though something's you know in terms of uh, morale and and how close-knit they all are something's very wrong there Mm, watch this space hey okay uh, now let's go and listen to some content from FPL content creator FPL Nymphra who as always has some good insight for us all (laughs) 
first let's take a look at the goalkeepers. With such a bad game week, over 50,000 FPL managers are shifting on De Gea ahead of Southampton. But Ryan out is also becoming a bandwagon, with 35,000 players at the time of recording this moving him on already. This is likely due to him facing City up next, as well as his poor form. Managers are flocking to the likes of Adrian, Patricio and Pope to replace them with. Despite being one of the biggest trending transfers in defence last week for FPL managers, Wan-Bissaka is now one of the most transferred out ahead of game week 4, with over 101,000 managers already shifting him on. A bit premature I feel, most of those managers will only have had one week with him. Let's see what happens going forward. But what hasn't changed is the appetite to get rid of Robertson. 87,000 of you have already moved Robbo on to the likes of Trent, Kelly and Lundstrom, presumably the latter two being to free up cash. In midfield is where there are two new bandwagons in town, in the shape of Cantwell and Mount. Cantwell's price and form has 305,000 plus of you jumping aboard at the time of recording this, whilst Mount, despite picking up a knock, has managed to entice 254,000 plus of you. Not surprisingly, players making way are Perez and Dendonka, with similar price tags, Perez and Mount being 0.2 away from each other, and Dendonka and Cantwell also being 0.2 of each other. They seem to be the trendiest pairing for straight swaps this game week. Up front, there's still only one name on everyone's lips this game week, and it's Timu Puki. Over 175,000 plus of you have got him in after his goal and assist against Chelsea. Players most making way for the Norwich forward are King, a move I've done myself, and also Wilson and Yotta are the trendy transfers out. That was FBL Nymphra, of course. If you want to hear more from her, you can check out her YouTube page and her Twitter page. Uh, you can get direct links if you go to our episode blurb. You'll see it there. Just click and go. It's easy. Check it out. Um, talking about FPL teams, we have our podcast FPL team, the ultimate fantasy podcast team. Uh, and we've made our decisions for this week. Um, so just to let you know where we're at, our long-term strategy is to get Sterling, because for some reason we didn't get him in. Uh, so we, we realistically have to trade down every week until we have enough cash to snag Raheem. The road to Sterling, we're calling it, of course. Uh, we're becoming very impatient, though. We want to get him pretty soon. We had about £1.8 in the bank. We decided we'd need to lose value in a tackle defence. We thought about Pookie, uh, trading him out, or our Liverpool four-backs. They were discussed again, but I'm not having that. Uh, so Nathan, who did we choose to trade out in the end? Controversially, given that he scored this weekend, we've decided to trade out Jamie Vardy. Who is at, what, 8.9 million? Yeah, so he's lost a little bit of value so far this season, um, despite his goal. And, and that means we're trading in who, Phil? Um, <laughs> no one's happy about this. <laughs> uh, <coughs> Jordan, how are you? <laughs> Jordan, are you? Who is five million, but that gives us a premium of uh, my dumas 3.9 million top of that, plus the 1.8, which gives us what nearly over five million to spend next week, which we can spend on Raheem. Yeah, if so we trade in Bernardo Silva. So, captain this week, we decided to go for Salah, didn't we? Yeah, <laughs> because why wouldn't you? <laughs> <laughs> 
So that was our team. Uh, good luck with your team. I uh, hope it's not as painful as our decision making. Um, and that's the end of part three. We don't go anywhere. We've got part four. And in part four, we've got the answer to our quiz question that I set earlier on in the show. We have the clean sheet forecasts. Uh, we can look at some players. And of course, more importantly, Nathan's going to tell us what beer to drink this weekend. Welcome to part four. Yes, the answer to the question, guys. This weekend, first time that two English players aged 21 or under have scored in a Premier League match for Chelsea since the 22nd of August 92, and that was against Sheffield Wednesday. Who were those two goal scorers, those two English players aged 21 to have scored for Chelsea? Who were they? The only When you first posed it, the only... English person I could think of that was playing at that time was Kevin Hitchcock, but he's definitely not going to be one of them. <laughs> no. Um, I don't know. Uh, Neil Shipley? No. Nathan? Mark Steen? No. Paul Furlong? No. Andy Myers? No. Oh, hang on. Eddie Newton? Yes. Yeah. That's why. Yes. <laughs> he's still on the staff there, isn't he? Yeah, he's um, still there. Got Nigel Spackman? No. He would have been well over <laughs> teenage years or under 21. Uh, Graeme Stewart. Yes, Graeme Stewart. Graham Stewart. Oh, yeah, Graeme Stewart. There you go, Eddie Newton, Graeme Stewart. Well done, guys. You got there pretty quick. <laughs> I think if I just pressure you, you get, I get the answers out of you. I was trying to think of like football glory years. I don't think they existed for Chelsea back then. No. Yeah, well done. Okay, let's move on now to the clean sheet forecasts. So just in case, just before we do this, just in case anyone was opting to back Watford for a clean sheet against Newcastle, since beating Everton 1-0 in February, Watford have conceded in each of their last 14 Premier League games, and that's like 29 goals, goals in total. So, because of that, my clean sheet forecasts. Watford, <laughs> I'm going for, because <laughs> it's going to happen. Leicester, Chelsea, West Ham. Nathan? I'm going for Wolves, Everton, Arsenal, Man City. Okay. Liverpool's not on the menu anymore. Phil? Um, I've got Chelsea, Leicester, Man City, Liverpool. Okay. Okay. It's interesting, Nathan, you, you've gone for a nil-nil draw with um, Everton and Wolves. But actually, statistically, there's always goals between Everton and Wolves. There's eight in the last two games that have been scored. Okay. Still confident with your nil-nil? Records are there to be broken. <laughs> Um, and in terms in terms of Liverpool, uh, Burnley do have a knack of scoring against Liverpool. Actually, and they've they've actually scored three goals in the last two meetings. That included two goals at Anfield. There you go. Just saying, just saying. But like you said, Nate, records are there to be broken. <laughs> and Ash, Ashley Barnes is on the case. Good uh, players who will perform this week. Uh, Haller's XG, if you understand XG, is actually 2.8. So he's actually hitting his target correctly, as it were. Uh, will we see Nathan Redmond come and destroy Man United this game week? Um, Callum Wilson and Shea Adams are actually due a goal. They're getting a lot of chances. Players for you, Phil? Um, I don't think any of these, well, not all of these are going to be a massive surprise soon, but, you know, uh, Emerson at Chelsea, he's looking good uh, as a defensive option. If, if you're backing them to keep, keep a clean sheet, you could do something going forward as well. Aspilicueta 
might be worth having a look at. Um, for Leicester, Madison and Tielemans are always worth looking at. Um, for, for City, for Man City this week, I think, I, I suspect that Bernardo Silva might do something this week. I think he might be the man to <coughs> to unlock to unlock that um, unlock that uh, defence that they're up against against Brighton because uh, Brighton like to play it around a bit. I think they'll be compact, but I think City will need to show a little bit of guile. Uh, Zinchenko might be worth a go, and then for West Ham, I was looking at basically Lanzini is is the one to look at at West Ham. Yeah, he's looking good at the moment, isn't he? Mm. Uh, I actually think West Ham will turn. Uh, who have they got? Norwich. Yeah, I think they turn them over quite easily, actually. Uh, Nathan, um, Phil mentioned uh, Tielemans, but there's another Leicester player that you got your eye on. Yeah, Yosi Perez as well. I think he's due a goal. He outscored a lot of players last season, both from FBL terms and in goals as well. Lots of mm. his shiny players. Was, like was it 12 Mora. goals he scored last yeah, season? Yeah, 12 goals last season. Good run at the end. Seems to have been playing well in just off of Vardy, but no goals yet. And I think. He's due one, and Bournemouth don't look particularly watertight. No, you never know what you're going to get with Bournemouth, do you? But everyone needs a Bournemouth player in their team. Mm. Uh, Well, that's it. Thanks, lads. Uh, Before we go, though, um, (laughs) the reason we're all here, we need to know what beer... Did you drink any of that Belgian beer, Phil, last week? No, no, no. No, wisely, neither did I, actually. Don't stuck it in Tesco Metro. No, they don't. Just sushi. <laughs> right. Isles and Isles of sushi. Although it would have it would have gone down very well watching England win that test match. So Yeah. Uh, let's not talk about the test match. I just I just didn't bother watching it because there was no point watching cricket, was there? Because we were so bad before. <laughs> is, that, is that a general stance? No, 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 no. I was like game? I was like, well, what's the point? We're not gonna do any well. I just I can't be bothered to watch this, got other stuff to do. And then then I just missed out on the greatest test well, innings. Yeah, well you've you've only got yourself to blame. <laughs> uh okay, so Nathan, beer for this game week uh, at Sophie Beds 91 says need a session lager boy well a lightweight in it I think that she means that when she goes out drinking with her boyfriend he's he's not as good as her drinking so lightweight lager or something um, the first one that jumps to mind is Braybrook session lager they're a newish brewery from Leicestershire they've got a German brewmaster from Marsbrough really really good session lagers alright cool what's it called Braybrook all right, Braybrook, if you're listening, you do want to send us money for sponsoring your product. Uh, happy to do that. Uh, okay, good. Uh, that's it then for us. Uh, don't forget, if you do want to get in touch with us, it's at F... No, it's not. It's at Ultimate F Pod. Uh, but we'll be back. Um, well, we've got the international break, haven't we, after game week four. So we'll be back the 11th slash 12th of September uh, to review game week four and lead us to game week five. Many thanks to Nathan. Thank you, Alf. To Phil. Cheers, Matt. Uh, Paris Barron, of course, of Save the Punter, FPR Nymphra, and to the fantasy football chaps. If you need to, you can contact us at any time you like. Enjoy game week four. Enjoy the international break. We'll see you the other side. Goodbye. Live.